0: Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators.
1: Hey, the key scripture for this series is uh, this Oh, key verse in this series. 2 Corinthians 5.17 means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. Uh, This is our key key verse and I I love it. It it says some really important things. The old life is gone. So if you've given your life to Christ, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, come into your life, you are a new creation. The old life has gone. But the, the key here is the new life has begun. It's not done. It's begun. Has anyone found that with Christianity? When you give your life to Jesus, you have this incredible encounter with God. And he does some things, but he doesn't do everything. That's what he did with me. I, I, you've, some of you have probably heard this story. But when I got filled with the Spirit, I was 28 years old. I'd been a Christian since I was about seven or eight. But when I got filled with the Spirit, I... My life changed radically and he took away swearing. I grew up in, in, as a tradesman, I worked on building sites, I ran my own business for a number of years and we had this, um, this thing on a building site where everyone used a lot of little uh, unique language, lots of little words. And I, I was involved in that and worked my life in that type of building site vernacular and when God when I got filled with the spirit God took that from me instantly bang overnight I went to work the next day to the building site and someone used some of those small words and it type of went whack oh I realized that my language changed I realized God had done something but he didn't do everything he didn't fix the lot and I wish he did Moira wishes he did But he didn't because our life had begun. A new life began and he wanted us to do this journey of life because he wanted us to grow. Because who knows that if you just get given everything, you get an entitlement mentality. But when you work for something, you actually appreciate it and you grab hold of it. There's a few things in life that are certain, aren't there? Death, taxes and change. Most of us are allergic to some of them (laughs) or all of them. And, you know, when we think about this, when we think about our new life has begun, that actually means that we're going to live in a life of change. <laughs> and neuroscience, so if you do a little bit of study on change, and I did a little bit of study on change, neuroscience, neuroscience research teach, teaches us this, that uncertainty registers in our brain much like error does. Isn't that interesting? And change means uncertainty. Because it's something new, so you're not certain what's going to happen. And it can register as an error in your brain. It, does, it needs to be corrected before we can feel comfortable again. So we'd rather have, we would rather not have that hanging out there if we could avoid it. We would rather know what's going to happen... And be comfortable with what's going to happen. But we actually don't like leaving the things behind that we're comfortable with. We actually like to live in our comfort zones. Most of us are like the rest of us. But actually our performance and where we do our best is just outside our comfort zone. And that's faith. Faith is actually stepping outside our comfort zone and believing that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. Now this series is about, um, it's about being new and made new. And in the Bible app, so if you actually have a look at the Bible app that's up there on the the screen, you go to the Bible app, you go and do events and you find more. You'll actually see some work Doug did last week and he lists all the scriptures uh, and all the things that God said he's going to do. It's a great thing if you're actually wanting to to bring change to your life to actually meditate on on these things. However, this is what some other research found. 62% of people are resistant to change. That's one of the challenges of being a a Christian is that we are going to change. And 62% of us don't like it. 38% of us Love change, and they're the problem ones. I'm one of them. I love change. The poor staff in this place. Because I love change. Uh, and my problem has been, as I, and I realised this at a young age, that I would, if, I, if, if things weren't happening or something wasn't happening, I would break something to fix it. So I would destroy something and then fix it. I remember as a kid anyone this is going back a really long time okay this really does show my age but mum and dad used to buy they were two dollar clocks from Coles remember those there's some people that would remember those two dollar clocks not very many obviously in this room in any case they were wind up clocks which is unique you had to wind them up they had a spring in them and and that uh, that would run the clock and they would usually lose time or be quick or fast so But what I would do as a kid is I would pull them apart. So mum and dad would buy a new clock and I would steal it and pull it apart. But one of the things I found is I couldn't quite get it back together again every time. I tell you that story because it's all about change. The Christian life's all about change and it's not what we can put back together, it's what God can put back together in us. Biblical Christianity is this, it's transformative, it's becoming like Jesus. The first thing that happens is we make a decision. That's where the new life has begun. The next season of our life is all about change. I'd love you to have a look at this scripture, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 8. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. How many blessings did he bless us with? How many? Every. So none of us are short of spiritual blessings. He's blessed us with everything. Because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us. When did he love us? Before he made the world. And I think, you know, sometimes we don't unpack these scriptures, but it's so important to think about it. Ben, he loved you before he created the world. It's an amazing thought. Because sometimes we wrestle with it. I look across the room and, you you know, when you think about it, Andreas, he loved you before he created the world. Chose you. Sue, he chose you. And I think we need to understand these things because sometimes we think it's just at that point of decision where we put our hand up or we say a prayer or we encounter God somewhere. But He actually had a plan and a destiny, a purpose for us from the beginning of time. He knew you were going to be here in Toowoomba today. Chose you. I always love the scripture in Psalms, fearfully and wonderfully made. Created for a purpose. He chose you since the beginning of time, even before he made the world, to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family, bringing himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. I think about that particular scripture there. He decided in advance to adopt us. So he created us, he knew us before the beginning of time and then he decided in advance to adopt us and, and it's not something the decision we took, it was his decision and, and I love the way how God moves us around to get us into that position where we're in a place where we go yes to Jesus. I'm always amazed and maybe this morning you're one of God's guests in this place that you're on a journey to know him and he's manoeuvred things around to have you walk in the doors of this place today. Because he chose you from the beginning of time and he decided in advance to adopt you into his family. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. One of the things I've found as a pastor is many, many people don't think they give God pleasure. They get hung up on their past. They get hung up on their sin. They get hung up on life, and they forget that actually, God gives God great pleasure that He adopted you and loved you. See, I love how I love hearing stories of how people get to know Him. I love hearing these stories, and there's so many in this place. I. I hear stories of people driving past and they drive past week after week and they see the things that go on at the front of the church on the green and they see the parties we have and they see the different things that happen. And, they, and all of a sudden they're, they're drawn and, and God moves them in and we've seen a number of people, maybe you're in the room today, Who that's your testimony, you were driving past and you decided you had to come in. I, I know some people in this place and they were driving tractors around a, a paddock ploughing a paddock and every time they'd go around they'd get to this one spot and they'd hear a voice and they'd go who's that? And the story is and, and he'll tell you the story but he, he got out of his tractor and looked around because he heard this voice there was no one there so he got back in and he went around the paddock again got back to the same spot and there was a voice speaking to him he positioned him you look at those people all through them. Your life, how God has done that life in, in you to get you into this place or get you into know Jesus, because He loves you so much. Ephesians one six says this: To the praise of His glory, of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the beloved. To the praise of the glory of his grace, the unmerited favor of God, the power to overcome sin. That's the grace of God. By which he made us accepted. Accepted in the beloved. Now I mentioned this the other week when I was preaching, but I've really felt compelled this week to talk on a little more that you are accepted. God accepts you the way you are. However, he doesn't approve of everything you do. Isn't that interesting? You're accepted. He doesn't approve of everything you do. And we know that. And I explained it about how I did it last time was about explaining about my kids. I love my kids. They're accepted. But I don't approve about everything what, what they do. they they're in their 30s, two of them are in their 30s, one of them is in their 20s, and they do things that I don't actually agree with. But I still love them, and they're still accepted. It's important to understand that we do things, all of us, most of us are like the rest of us, that we do things that are not pleasing to God. He doesn't actually like some of the things we do. But we're still accepted. So if this week you've done something, Or in the past, you've done something and you feel like you can't come near God. You have to understand, you are accepted. You are loved. See, God accepts you as you are. And He loves you so much that He won't leave you as you are. He accepts you as you are, but He won't leave you as you are. See, that's where they go back to that scripture we start with, where he began a work in us. So He doesn't expect us all to be perfect all of a sudden. Because sometimes that's what we expect. Certainly that's what I expect of myself. I get frustrated with myself. And God, why? I understand Paul's, where Paul says in the scriptures, I do the things I don't want to do. I don't do the things I want to do. Wretched men that I am. I get that scripture. But he still loves us. He began a work in us. I love that song we we sang today. He understands me. Because sometimes I don't understand myself. He understands us and wants us to grow. So he loves us so much that he will not leave you where you are. And you know what? The 68% of people here who don't like change, we struggle with that. You do. Because you want it to be the same. And then you struggle with the frustration because this is the interesting part about change. As God changes, you can see what's good but you struggle with actually getting to what's good. And it's the same with our fitness. It's the same with what we eat. It's the same with overcoming addictions. We we can look at it and go, I can see what's good, but I struggle with the change. And the ones that want change, they just change everything. So they go from one thing to another thing, to another thing, to another thing. And then they get frustrated because the thing they're doing doesn't actually get what they want either. Because they're constantly changing. Getting bored with an idea. He won't leave us where we are. I think most of us want God's approval. Don't we? I think it's the way we're wired. We're created by God. We're adopted into his family and we want his approval. We know that if you look at kids and Kids want their parents' approval. Teenagers, even though they rebel, actually are looking for approval. They're actually looking for time and looking for the challenge and maybe you were one of those teenagers where you rebelled, but you're actually looking for approval from your parents. But they still did the things wrong (laughs) and we still had to give them a smack. Not that that's socially acceptable anymore. But I find it works. There's scripture around it. To get God's approval, you do what He wants you to do. Seems it's it's simple, doesn't it? But let's have a look at the benefit of that. Ecclesiastes two twenty six God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please him. And I think that's what people are looking for. Wisdom, knowledge, and joy. And God gives us wisdom, knowledge, and joy. It's not we gain wisdom, we gain knowledge, and we gain joy. It's actually God gives us wisdom, knowledge, and joy that we get given it. Because we can seek after it ourselves. And we can go and do it all of ourselves. We can go and get wisdom. Yes, you can gather wisdom. Through the journey of life, you can gather wisdom. You can gather knowledge. You go to Dr. Google all the time and gather knowledge. You can seek after joy and try and make yourself happy. But actually, God gives us wisdom, knowledge of joy to those who please Him. So as we go through the journey, because if we go back to that scripture where we were before, it said it pleased God. as we love Him, as we do things to honour Him. And sometimes I think we can get lost in our Christian journey uh, and we can be trying to please God by trying to do the works rather than actually doing what He wants us to do, which is to love Him. I'd love you to have a look at this person in the Scriptures, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 7 and 9. This is about King David. This is Samuel coming to talk to him after he did some things. He says this I anointed you king of Israel, saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you your master's house and his wives and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you much, much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you've mur- murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Amorites and stolen his wife. And you think you messed up. This guy messed up. But you know what? Scripture records that David, King David, was a man after God's own heart. And sometimes we get so lost in the, the, the works of, of Christianity that we miss what God's actually after. He's actually after our heart. And that was the difference between, with David, is he actually was a man after God's own heart and gave him So how did David get into all this trouble? Let's have a look at how he got in trouble. So 2 Samuel 11, 1 to 4. In the spring of the year, when the kings normally go out to war. Isn't that interesting? But in spring, they went to war. So you knew you were going to have a season of war and they would the kings would go to war. David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Amorites. They destroyed the Amorite army and laid siege to the city of Rebaal. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. And I think this gives us an example of where we can get ourselves in trouble. When we don't do the things we're supposed to do, We isolate ourselves and we can get in trouble. this is what happened to King David. He sent somebody else to do the job that he should have done rather than doing the job. And then he stayed at home. And when he stayed at home, late one afternoon after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking in the roof of the palace. And it goes on to say, As he looked over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. He sent someone to find out who she was and he was told she's Bathsheba, the daughter of Elim and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. Then David sent messages to get her and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. Of course you do. But the key is, David wasn't doing what he was meant to do. And how often in our lives do we get caught when we're not doing the things we're meant to do. That we drift off where God wants us to do. And we may not stand on top of a city and look over and find some woman and sleep with her or find some man and sleep with him. But we may drift off in a certain direction that we regret later. The thing I want you to remember is that David was a, God, a man after God's own heart. So he was still accepted. He was still loved. However, God wasn't pleased with him. So I want to give you a couple of keys this morning on st- staying on course in your Christian walk. Because one of the things that probably frustrates me as a pastor and frustrates me as a person is that we give our life to Christ and then we wander and we miss the best and I see people who give their life to Christ and go on for God and all of a sudden they, something happens and they blow up and they fall out of fellowship or they fall out of church or they fall out of loving Jesus and where they get that point where they go oh, well, I've been there, done that, tried that, didn't work there's a few things I think we need to do to stay the course the thing that David didn't do he didn't stay connected to others he didn't do what he was meant to do So our small groups in this place are really important. And if you're not into a small group, we encourage you to get into a small group. See the info point today and say, how do I get involved? And we have a guy sitting at the front, Pastor Brendan, who actually is the leader of our small groups. He will help you. And if you have been in church for a long while and you want to start a small group, come and talk to Brendan. He'll help you. Because it's so, so important. As I look across this room and and I see people that have been in church and and done the journey for years, I see Bill and Julie down the back and they've done small groups for years. And I see people connected because they they got involved and, and they've done the journey because they stayed connected. They went through the good times and the bad times. And do you know what? In the life of church, there's good times and bad times. We have seasons of challenge. And we have seasons of greatness. But when we stick together, we walk through these things. So I really encourage you, the connection to others is so, so important. The other thing I think is so important is leaning into God. What do I mean by that? Well, the scripture puts it this way draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. But we lean into God. And, and I think about this and I think about what we do as a church. We've got another service in, at the 10.30 service. And one of the things I expect people to do is to lean into God. So the staff that have been here, the music guys that have played, the people that are on for two services, we lean in. So it's our first service. Because it's so easy just to lean out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, well, yeah, church is always like this. They do a few songs, a bit of hosting. Couple of videos on the screen, guy preaches, do an altar call, yeah, yeah. No, no, but you get a lot from leaning in, you lose a lot by leaning out, you miss out. The things that I think we should do is lean into God. You know, the thing about churches. If you go and you support a football team or you go and play with a football team, sometimes you can be put on the bench or sometimes you're just a spectator. But the beauty of church is God's created every person to play a part. That so we're not just ah oh, we're not spectators. We're not just ah oh, well we're looking at what God. we're actually being fearfully and wonderfully made part of a body to actually make a difference. So we lean into God. Read the Bible. Such an easy thing to do, you know. But so many people struggle, and even today, you can jump onto the Bible app, and I use the Bible app all the time. And you can listen to the Bible, but it changes you. But one of the things I've found is people don't do it. Even if you, before you go to bed, take two scriptures before you go to bed instead of taking Netflix or taking that, take two scriptures. Read a chapter, because it makes a difference. Keep your testimony fresh. You know, as a kid, we sang a song, count your blessings, name them one by one. To keep the blessings of God in front of our face all the time, because sometimes we get so used to the blessing of God, and we said sometimes we feel entitled to the blessings of God, that we miss it. But think of the blessings of God. Sometimes we miss it. Sometimes because so, we're so used to God doing things for us, we miss the things that he's done. We keep our testimony fresh. One of the ways I love to keep my testimony fresh is I love walking alongside people who are a long way from God. I love going out and meeting people who have no idea who Jesus is. I love going out and I was on building sites this week, we we're looking at a couple of buildings. I love meeting those people that are far away from God and see them come on the journey of God. You yeah, know that's what God wants anyway, He says Matthew twenty eight, twenty nineteen and twenty says, Go into all the world. Make disciples. Discipleship's so easy, church. Church has made it so hard over the years, but it's really, really easy. It's just being a good friend, walking alongside people, pointing them towards Jesus, and that can be done by not necessarily your words, just by your actions, just being a good friend. And when they ask that question, what is it about you, you can tell them. Because then it's not something you've put down their throat, it's actually something they've asked walking alongside people. If it takes a year, it takes 20 years. It takes a lifetime. It keeps your testimony fresh. You see, King David was a man after God's own heart. But God didn't approve of everything he did. But he did have a contrite heart and a humble spirit. So when he was, Nathan came to him and you read it in Samuel, what David did was, is recorded in Psalm 51. And he cried out to God and said, God, forgive me. You can read the whole, his whole prayer in Psalm 51. He cried out to God because he said, I've done this thing. And he come back with that heart of worship, that heart of love. And I love Psalm 51 verse 10 because I think it's something we need. It says, create in me a clean heart. Renew a loyal or a steadfast spirit. So important, Psalm 51 verse 10 is our prayer. So no matter what you've done, God loves you and accepts you. And these heart cry as we come back to that humble heart. It says, God, forgive me, creating me. You know, it wasn't David creating the heart. It was God creating the heart. It wasn't David saying, am my spirit. It was God giving him a loyal spirit or a steadfast spirit. So the challenge I have for you to ask you this morning is what things are you doing that take you away from the purpose of God in your life? What things are you doing that you're missing out on the wisdom, the knowledge, and the joy that Ecclesiastes talked about? And what what habits or disciplines can you add to your life to keep you on that course for the rest of your life? because one thing to come to church and there's another thing to take this thing called Christianity and apply it in our life that we stay the course that we can look at our kids and our grandkids and they can look at you and go wow look at what God has done let me pray for you today Father I thank you for this amazing church I thank you Father for everyone in this place I thank you, Lord, that you love us, that we are accepted. We are accepted by you. And Father, where we've done things that, Father, you don't approve of, that, Father, we can come to you and say, Father, help us, that you can create in us a clean heart. The things that you do in our lives not the things we do, but the things you do, that we come back to you and say, God, I thank you for what you can do. Jesus' name. Hey, just while every eye's closed, every head's bowed, we do this in every service, and we do it because you matter to us and you matter to God. But maybe you're one of those ones who I've talked about this morning where you've just come into this place today and you're seeking after God. You've, you've seen some things or you've, You went past, you drove past, or someone's told you about Highlands. But friends, it's not about Highlands, it's about Jesus. And I want to give you the opportunity to ask Jesus into your life today. It's not about joining this church, even though we'd love you to join this church. We think we've got a great church and a great place to belong to. But it's more important you join with Jesus. So I want to give you that opportunity. The way we do that here is I'm going to ask you while no one's looking around, while every eye's closed, every head's bowed, if that's you and you've never given your life to Christ or maybe you've been away from God and today you've just come back, I'd love to give you that opportunity. The way we do it is I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand so I can see it, so I can pray with you. So if that's you, I'd love to pray with you this morning. So look across this room. If that's you and you'd like to give your life to Jesus, I'd love you to raise your hand. Look across this room. Last time I'm asking this morning, I always say don't go home without him. So, so important. Father, thank you. Awesome. Well, Father, I pray for everyone here. If they know you, Lord, I ask you to bless them. If they don't know you, Lord, I ask you to woo them that they come into this relationship with you, that they'll know you not just know about you, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you, to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.